Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. So hi everyone, my name is Jackie Ford and this is the Soul Shift Conversations. I'm sitting here with Susan Wheeler-Hall. Susan is a woman that I greatly admire and I'm absolutely delighted to be able to share an insight into a typical conversation with Susan. Susan and I have been chatting for quite a while now and I'm always in awe of how Susan shows up. She shows up real, authentic, whether she's feeling good or whether she's not feeling good about life or her her physical body. And that's always something that I love with people is that they show me the real version of themselves. Susan's very talented as well. She develops websites, she develops programs, online programs for people. And she's a coach who works with people with disabilities, but also with people who are suffering in their mental understanding of the world. Susan has a life story to tell, and during this podcast or this conversation, I I really don't know where it's going to go, but I do know that this conversation is going to be beautiful. And at the end of it, Susan can tell you a bit about how you can get in touch with her, whether there's something you want her to help you you with, if it's something online, but also if there's a way that Susan can be of service to you with the beautiful and wonderful skills that she has of understanding the human mind. So Susan, thank you for joining me. You know, my pleasure. It's always lovely to talk with you, Jackie, always. <laughs> Thanks, Susan. Now, before we started to recording, I just said that um, to Susan that I love these podcasts or conversations to be that just conversations about life and living and we all have defining moments in our life where our life changes. Mm. Our soul shift. Something happens to help us see the world in a completely different way. And I just wanted to open that up to you, Susan, because I know throughout your journey, there have been many times when you've been presented with that opportunity to grow, to evolve, for your soul to shift. And I just, you know, There are many things that I know about you, but I just wonder what you wanted to share with the people that are listening. Hmm. That's a big question. Yeah, big Um, big and open. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, um, I know that uh, people that know my story, you know, they they know I've been through a lot of hardship. Mostly, most of which had nothing to do with me. Mm Mm-hmm. In the sense that, you know, I was born with a progressive neuromuscular disease, which I inherited from my mother, who who passed away when I was a young girl, 11. So that certainly had, you know, a profound impact. Um, But in the short period of time that I had with her, she left me with 
very profound life messages that I always held on to. So I think, you know, the true essence of of a mother, you know, is something that um, can come through the soul. Mm. That's how uh, I would say that was my first real insight was after her death. And... Um, and I think I mentioned to you before, you know, mm. I can recall, you know, being in that big giant limousine, you know, sitting there in my little self with the terrible dread of driving away. And then realizing that, you know, uh, she would be okay. She would never be hurt again or suffer. Mm. And... I thought back to, you know, we had this little morning ritual where she would always say that she loved me with all her heart and soul. Mm -hmm. So then it occurred to me as we were in the car that, oh, I get it. No, we just love through the soul. And that brought me such comfort. You know, I knew I would be okay because as long as I was aware of my soul, <laughs> then the access to her was still there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's beautiful, isn't it? How how that that comfort and that love it's a feeling, Susan, isn't it? And it's a feeling that never leaves you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I you know, I think I you know, it wasn't until I was much older and of course becoming more uh sophisticated in my understanding of my thinking, mm -hmm. realizing that, you know, at that particular moment, that insight that came from my thinking, you know, I was able to support myself in a way that wasn't available any other way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so being more aware of my thinking. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, I So I've always kind of thought, well, you know, my mother wanted me to have a good life. She wanted me to be positive and happy and all those things. So I tried very much to hold on to those. Yeah. Because, you know, I encountered a, an awful lot of dark times. Um, I was abused as a child. After she left, there was no protection, basically. And uh, from age 11 to 14, um, home was anything but safe. Yeah. And then when I was 14, I was, well, basically abandoned. Mm -hmm. I came home from school and nobody was there. Family had moved um, and left me behind. But then that was obviously a huge turning point. And... It took me a long, long time to really be able to talk about that. And, uh, you know, because, you know, it's, it's interesting. You go back in your mind and you visualize and you can remember those feelings by the things you're thinking again, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, I obviously I was very frightened. And I spent two days in the closet just basically hiding till I got hungry. <laughs> And then I went to school and, you know, 
talked to a counselor and and he took me to the cafeteria. He was a lovely man. He knew something was very wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I wasn't really saying and and but it was interesting because then while I was eating in the cafeteria, I was watching the ladies doing the dishes, the dishwasher, and I thought, I could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then rather than go to school, I got on the bus and went to about three major hotels. I mean, they're basically asking for the chef and the first two like just kind of blew me off. <laughs> you know, 14-year-old disabled girl wants to work. Uh, and uh, But the third one, he made the mistake of saying in his, you know, kind of a loud German accent, no jobs today. <laughs> so you took him literally. <laughs> I did. So I came back for the next three days and he'd say, you again, you know. And then finally, I guess one day I happened upon a time when someone didn't show up. Mm. So then I got the job and that's how I supported myself through high school. Mm. What, what I love about what you're saying, Susan, is there's, there was a knowing, there was always a knowing there. And that knowing was greater than any kind of insecure thinking you might have had at any given moment in time. And it was always about moving forward. It was always about looking after who you, who you were and who you are, but not from an egoic place, but from quite a loving space, which is incredibly wise for the age that you were and the journey that you were on. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know where it came from. Yeah. Uh, other than, um, you know, as difficult as it was that, you know, my family left, mm-hmm. what what stuck out for me in my mind was, right, nobody's ever going to hurt me again. Mm-hmm. You know, so that really, that was, there was a sense of freedom there. I had a chance now. Mm-hmm. And I just needed to... Uh, stand on my own two wobbly feet <laughs> so I was fiercely independent and mm-hmm. um, you know while other kids were talking about dates and dances I was off to work right after school which was yeah and so work became like a second home mm-hmm. and you know I, I kind of thought I was pretty smart because by working with food you know yeah. I got fed <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you definitely sound smart. <laughs> so already, Susan, you know, you're talking about defining moments, moments where adversity appears, but there's an opportunity to either get caught up in it or to just listen to what you're being guided to do. And from your life story, and I know there's more that we don't have to go into today, but, you know, that's what you've done. That's what you've always done. You've always moved forward and done what made sense for you. Like, you know, getting your education later on and, you know, getting your, your qualifications and, and making a life for yourself, which, you know, at times for any of us isn't easy mm. to do that. But what I really, really enjoy about knowing you, Susan, is just this this wonderful feeling of love that comes from you. 
this feeling of neutrality and ease that you probably don't give yourself that grace in your own life, but you share so beautifully with others. And that's what I like to look at is, why is it, especially as women, we give ourselves a hard time? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I look back at those, you know, things that I did as a youngster, you know, it's very strong, very determined. And I still have traces of that, I, I hope. But, um, you know, I, I set the bar pretty high for myself back then. Mm. And uh, because I, I found, um, I think due to my disability, that people's expectations of me were very low. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I went grocery shopping and, you know, they thought I was being a hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I wish people know. thought that of me, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I realized early, well, I needed to make my own expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I get a lot of, oh, you can't do that. And I think, why not? I'll try. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always worth trying. But um, yeah, I, I give myself a very hard time because I I sometimes say to myself, why can't I be as strong as I used to be? Mm. Where did that little, you know, strength go to? And I think sometimes, um, I I mean I don't know how to say this, but I think sometimes hardship, you know, really when it's really in your face, you it really you have to show up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think as, you know, I've gotten older, things, I mean, certainly my disability has worsened, but other things in life have gotten easier. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, I know I have the luxury now of of leaning in the choice of, you know, not pulling from my strength at times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or is it, Susan, that you know that strength's there all the time? And there's nothing to pull and there's nothing to there's nothing to do, but it's just about settling into that space where you can be who you are in any given moment of time. Because I think often what we do is we're in one place in our lives, but we're constantly traveling in our minds to the future or into the past and we're causing ourselves all sorts of suffering thinking mm, I'm not as strong as I used to be I'm not as you know as able as I used to be to do things and I have that too Susan you know physically there are things I could do when I was younger I can't do now mm-hmm. and the same sort of you project into the future is like oh my god if I'm like this now what am I going to be like and you know, a couple of years' time, or even next week. And I know we had conversations when I'd hurt my back and we spoke about pain and discomfort. And it is along that kind of theme that you can apply that to any experience we've got in life, that we we forget that all we have is this moment and we travel to the past and we travel to the future and we cause ourselves this constant suffering and our minds get busy. And when our minds get busy, it's harder to to be clear. 
I, I think that's, yeah, I agree with that because it's the busyness when you're, there's just so much there that mm-hmm. you lose sight of the moment, you know, whereas when you have, or when I have, you know, extreme pain, bad, very bad pain days, I scale down, you know, I come back to the moment and, and, and lean into it in the sense that, you know, this is what I feel right now, and it's mm. okay, you know, I can do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think about the uh, deadlines on the desk and all of those, those things. Mm. Yeah. So that that's sort of what I mean. It's in some ways, my disability has been a wonderful gift. I mean, I know a lot of people would not say that, but to me it is, it teaches me so much about the appreciation for right now, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, yeah, and I'm trying to, you know, try to remember that, but like everybody else, I get all caught up in my thinking and get, yeah. you know, well, why can I do this, and, yeah. you know, but, and I love your honesty about that, Susan, because, you know, we would all love to have our shit together 100% of the time, but it just, like, just isn't like that, is it? No, no. But I, but I do think that it's the good thing about it is um, is what we think is the worst thing sometimes mm-hmm. is usually the best thing. Oh, well, tell me more about that. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I've never met anyone that would aspire to have my disability. Mm. You know, and um, and yes, I. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you handle it so well and all of those wonderful accolations that I feel I have nothing to do with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, it's whatever. I understand the intention behind their work, so I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But um, so, but I find it interesting because it's like what someone else might see as the worst thing. Mm -hmm. The thing that gives me the most profound messages you know it um like i say it gives me an appreciation for life and really like okay so i can walk five to ten steps a day yeah today Mm -hmm. you know and uh i don't always think about well maybe next week i won't be able to or anything like that I i stay with it i stay with today and then when I do go through bad pain episodes, as soon as it stops, as soon as it lets up, I've learned to completely let it go. Mm. Otherwise, I'll be afraid for the next time it comes. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, it, yeah. So, although it's difficult, mm-hmm. and the same, you know, uh, being abused and all the other things that I've coped with, um, very rich lessons yeah and and i know what you're saying susan because i say this to people all the time and it's hard for people to get their head around and i know this that really there aren't good experiences or bad experiences there is just experience Mm -hmm. and that experience teaches us what we need to learn at that moment in time to help us become the person that we're meant to be in this world 
And I'm not saying that, you know, the stories and, and things that you've said or other people said, you know, didn't happen or they're not real or, or they weren't not nice. You know, I'm, I'm not saying anything like that, but we have a tendency when something has happened to us to dwell on it. And when we dwell on something, then that suffering stays with us. Mm-hmm. When in fact our natural tendency and our ability as human beings is as these thoughts come into our heads, these thoughts can leave. We don't have to entertain them and invite them in for tea. They just go on their own. But for some reason, when it's something that we feel aggrieved about, we have a tendency to kind of hold on to. And that's what I love about your story and about who you are as, as, as a gorgeous human being is that you don't do that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes, I think about the word entitlement at times because, mm-hmm. you know, I had a therapist when I was younger and she used to say that that was the one thing I was lacking. <laughs> you know, somehow I missed that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think um, that is a big problem for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They have a sense of entitlement that, you know, I should not have to endure a disability. I should not have to endure an illness. And so they're, they're angry about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, um, so yeah, I think maybe, so I don't have that sense of entitlement. The only entitlement I have is to hopefully wake up and breathe. Yeah. You know, that's it. And, and even at that, I appreciate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and even though, there are times of hardships, there's hard bits in life. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's what you make it mean. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we have this wonderful ability to think. And I always thought, well, that's the one good thing that I have going for me. Like, <laughs> you know, in the sense that uh, I learned early not to worry about what other people thought, as I said, because yeah expectations so mm-hmm. you know it's really uh, uh um there's i think there's something to be said to really uh, owning your own thinking and your own ability to think you know that's where true strength i find comes from for mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. even when i'm like being a sucky baby you know i'll say to myself okay right you know i can only do it for so long i allow myself to do it <laughs> Quite right. I do it too. <laughs> yeah. And most people do, Susan. And and I love that. Yeah. Well, and it, uh, sometimes I, I used to get a little bit caught up in my thinking because, you know, I, I did some really um, good things. You know, I wrote books, did magazines, did speeches, did a lot of those kinds of things. And then there was this persona. Mm. And then I would be like, oh, my God, I can't stand being this disabled puppet. (laughs) I can't be positive all the time. Yeah. But that's what people see, you know. But there there is real mucky stuff underneath, too. But that's just a part of the whole package. Mm -hmm. It's just life, isn't it? It's not even mucky stuff. It's just life. And as human beings, we're not really... We're not really used to talking about these things and talking about our feelings and understanding where our feelings are coming from. You know, we think it's 
the person in front of us or it's you know sort of the way that our bodies are behaving or not behaving or how we look or what other people think I, I just know that every time I speak with you Susan I just I see you I see I see your soul I see the lovely human being that you are mm, thank you it's mutual and I yeah I, I yeah but it's 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 this is what I love about conversing with women like yourself who are they're just settled in their life they know who they are they don't care what anybody else thinks they're living life on on their terms as much as they can and they're not afraid to show up and be who they're meant to be in any given moment and I'm thinking back to a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago and we were just chatting and and you were in a bit of a low mood and I I, first of all I was delighted that you came and we were having a chat and I loved that you just showed up as you (laughs) you just you kept apologizing to me and I thought oh my god no this is wonderful because we all go there, we all, our moods shift, you know, we're in, and nobody can expect to stay in a, an incredible state of mind all the time, although some people think we can be happy all the time, I don't know how that works. Because yeah. it's, our, it's our natural, our natural way of being, isn't it, that our mood shifts and, you know, we mm-hmm. see things clearly when our mood's pretty clear and good and then when our mood's lower we don't, we don't see things clearly and Mm-hmm. You know, life's just different. It feels different. It seems harder when we're in a low state of mind, but knowing that that's all that's happening just makes it a bit easier, doesn't it? We're yeah. feeling our thinking in the moment. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And and I think um, you know, since we I've been learning more about this understanding, the one thing that has maybe shifted for me is being more uh, present to the idea that or you know when i'm in a low mood this is not the best time to make decisions no (laughs) or have conversations (laughs) with loved ones because that's suddenly usually when you're in a bad mood or you're facing (laughs) difficult you think you have to solve it right then and there you feel better Mm. but it doesn't happen i know i know Jerry and I, or Mr. Lovely as I call him, had one of those conversations last night. Um, We'd just driven back, we'd been for a swim, and he had parked one of our cars too far over so the new car couldn't fit in. I'm like, the car will not fit in there, just put it here. (laughs) He said to me, what kind of control-free car are you? And I was like, a decisive one. And then we burst out laughing. You know, there was an opportunity for him to really go in a mood with me him saying that was an opportunity for me to have a go at him yet we both saw the humor in it you know the the lightheartedness in it so it was kind of like doesn't matter it's all good it's all good and I know that you have that kind of relationship as well that if you can both be in you know a clearer state of mind you can see what's actually happening or even Mm. the compassion that when when our partners are in a low state of mind we don't have to take seriously what they're thinking yeah yeah that's that's a good thing to remember sometimes <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah i know i know yeah 
Well, Susan, can you tell me, what kind of things are you doing just now? What kind of projects are you involved in? Yeah, I'm kind of one of those. Uh, my my partner always says I have such a diverse interest. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I do coaching, virtual coaching and counseling. Well, we used to call it counseling when mm-hmm. it was in an office. Um, and um, for 30 years or more, I've worked mostly with people with significant illnesses and disability in what I would term as adjustment therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, learning how to be comfortable with discomfort and all that kind of thing. So that's one area of things I do. And I'm very techy. I love web stuff. So I make websites for people mm-hmm. and, and enjoy that. Um, but again, I'm kind of, you know, I kind of, uh, uh, there's, I like to know who I'm working with, like really know them and get a sense of them. And then that way I feel I can help them to uh, develop their digital mm-hmm. uh, imprint, if you mm-hmm. like. So I enjoy that, doing the web work. And I'm always, I do a lot of writing. Um, I'm not working on any, any books at the moment. Um, you know, the ones that I've written are, um, well, the, they used to be for more training manuals or teaching other people how to work with people with disabilities effectively. Mm-hmm. But I am doing um, online courses. I make online courses mostly to do with accessibility at the moment and helping other people. Mm-hmm create their online courses because that's the thing these days but you also have a wonderful podcast soon that you haven't mentioned oh right yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes i have the living well today podcast which kind of grew out of um i did a radio show maybe 10 years ago called accessibility matters because the community i was in and my partner was very involved in radio and that's what she wanted and i was Mm -hmm. like okay and um, I did that for about three years and then kind of, you know, it gets a little boring of keep saying, don't make stairs, please. Yeah. <laughs> How many ways can you say it? <laughs> so I found that a little restricting and then I took a hiatus. And then once I started doing my, got getting back into my uh, counseling work, but now virtually, the writing came back and then the uh, the idea of conversations as you know conversations about living well yeah and so i i like to interview people that are you know living well when unwell or have um, you know found ways to be in the world and be okay with whatever health issues they're dealing with it's a wonderful service to the world, Susan, that podcast. I've listened to quite a few of them. And I'll put it in the, the show notes so that people, you know, can, can find it for themselves. There's some really gorgeous conversations in there. I think the one that really I really love is the one with Joel. It's a, a wonderful, oh, yes. wonderful conversation in that. That's a, a man who's living with cancer. Um, and he's a he's a gorgeous soul, isn't he? And 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 the energy of you both speaking is just just delightful. Well, I mean, I know for yeah. a fact how wonderfully you create websites because you, you created my husband's website for his band, um, the New Phoenix Jazz Band, and both Jerry and I actually said to Susan, we've never met anybody who has had the foresight 
and the ease in which you created that website for him in such a short amount of time that just really reflects who the band is. You were an absolute joy to work with. And I'm looking forward to you, you know, sort of working with me on mine later on in the year. And I know you're about to start working with with Rudy Kennard. So you're not you're not a small game player. You 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 know you're good. You're good at what you do. And you know, for people like me and for Jenny and for Rudy, that's that's worth its weight in gold because we can often find a lot of problems working with people um, and doing websites. And you do become a bit cynical. So thank you for restoring my faith um in, in in website building and, and and being there as the lovely soul that you are susan thank you so much for joining me on this this podcast and, and we're just giving people a little flavor of who you are and as i said I'll, I'll put all your details on the show notes that people can find you and find out what you're up to and what you do and get in touch with you as well but to me this podcast is about susan susan the woman susan the soul not Susan, the woman whose body, you know, is is not like mine is. You're probably quite grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my fat arse. But, you know, it's, it's, I just don't see that. It just, you know, it, it's not important. You know, it's not about that. It's about, it's about you. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, as you were saying that, the one thing that came to my mind, again, Mm -hmm. when I started saying that my mother gave me profound messages in a short period of time, and I remember coming back from school and, you know, the kids teasing me because I walked weird. Mm -hmm. And, of course, she had the same disability. And she said to me, she said, well, you know, when you have a relationship with anyone, even in school chum, you are only responsible for 50% of that relationship. So if you can make sure you can give 100% of your 50%, you'll know that you've done your very best. You know, so that's sort of how I approach who I am, I guess. And I'm always willing to be open and, you know, to give my 100%. And, and so I do the same when I do the websites and counseling and whatnot, because I kind of, I remember when you asked me about Jerry, your husband's website, and I looked at it and I thought, oh, this is a bit of a dog's breakfast. I need to <laughs> pull this apart, <laughs> you know, and I wanted to do it for him quickly. And it, for me, because I knew it was easy and, and I just love it when I can sort of make it gentle for someone that is not technical mm-hmm. you know so well you certainly did that Susan and you did it swiftly with ease and with artistry well thank you yeah so you know we, we do appreciate what you did but um like I said I appreciate you so thank, thank you. you for joining me today Susan and um we'll speak again soon okay thank you Jackie <laughs> you're Always welcome lovely to talk to you. You could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. You could fly higher than the sky, shine brighter than the stars. You can have all you ever wanted. Yeah. Larger, larger, yeah. Bigger, bigger. Whoa.
yakın.